Plundergrounds, Plundergrounds, welcome back to a brand new show. Ray's gonna take you where you didn't know you wanted to go. Fantasy and dungeon delve, science fiction, watch yourselves. Hey everybody, I'm Ray Otis. It's time for another Plundergrounds. I'm sitting in the CRV studios in the rain again. Oh man, I love the rain. I actually walked three miles in it this morning. Uh, it was just a light rain, kind of like standing outside of a car wash, you know? If you stand there long enough, you'll get wet, but uh, mostly it's just kind of like a mist early on. So yeah, I got pretty wet, but enjoyed every minute of it and I'm uh, feeling good. Got my coffee here. Um, my in-laws have invaded my house and so I'll have them with me for another 12 to 14 days and that's cool I like them they're, they're cool people um, as much as any you know what, what's the saying about fish and friends or fish and company um, that they start to stink after three days so I'll let you know <laughs> I may be doing a lot more podcasting from the CRV studios just to get out of the house who knows who knows nah they're they're cool they're cool so it's good to have them here my son's home from college for spring break uh and then in a week my youngest son will be home from high school for spring break so just a lot of good family time this month i'm looking forward to it uh, maybe some extra time to to read and uh, get some new ideas from my kids and from my in-laws and and hopeful hopefully all that will filter into into my gaming so yeah i'm rambling um Today's show is all about you. It's all about call-ins. I've had so many responses to the last couple shows that I thought it would be best just to string them all together into one show. Lots of awesomeness, lots of different topics, uh, quite a bit of talk about rusty swords, but some other things too, and off we go. Hey, Ray, I really enjoyed your last episode about In One Bite. I think a large bio dungeon is a really cool idea. Uh, when I was younger, uh, one of my friends made us do one of those with a giant that uh, swallowed us whole. And I thought it was awesome as he walked across the land and we were fighting from inside of him. It was the super large giant. I don't think it was anything inside of uh, D&D's actual monster books, but it was it was pretty cool. It was uh, a fun thing to do. Um, I especially enjoyed, though, your last segment about uh, during your exercise, uh, talking about the threat of people's lives how everything's connected and how your health is connected to and your just general um, well-being uh, connected to the exercise path you're chosen and your uh, just the changes you're making in your life and I was really excited for that I took I walked about three months during the summer and it was awesome and I fell off of it and for a lot of stupid reasons and I had a foot injury but uh, healed up and ready to start again I'm really excited and uh, uh, you really inspired me to stay on that path thanks Yes, Jim. Thanks for calling in. I'm so excited that you're inspired to put in a little work um, on the physical side of things. I know you're a great thinker and have tons of creativity, but all of that can get smothered by the sedentary lifestyle that you and I both lead where we sit in front of a computer most of the day. I can't tell you how much better I feel for having cut out most of the sugar and just for doing a little bit of walking each day. You don't really have to push yourself all that hard. You just have to get out and do the work, right? And I love doing it first thing in the morning when I can uh, because then I feel like I've, I've done my work for the day and I've earned you know, any period where I want to spend sitting down and, and being creative um, at the drawing table or at the computer uh, or just loafing, you know, reading in my easy chair. I feel like I've earned it then. So I wish you all the luck. Uh, my best to you and your wife and your kids. I miss you a lot. Uh, wish we had more time to game together. Maybe, maybe this summer we'll get some time in. Have a good one. 
Okay, we had to call in immediately about your podcast about the marriage and not being able to find you, find anything. I am there with you. I am the worst looker for ever, as my wife calls me. Uh, I believe we've had similar situ- or conversations. We still do today. Where's the potato peeler? It's in the drawer. It's not in there. I can't find it. Look again. I'm looking right out there. I can't find anything. It's like, are you, open up your eyes. <laughs> I close the drawer. She would walk over, open it up, and just reach in and pull it out like it was somebody in there handed it to her. So I, I just had to call in real quick about that one because it's so funny because I can completely relate. <laughs> yeah, don't you hate it? Ah, it's so frustrating. My wife is always right. We'll argue about when something happened in the past and uh, it might have only been you know, four or five years ago, like when we put in the carpet or when we bought the van or whatever. And I'll just have it in my mind a very specific way. And I'll know that I'm right. I know that I'm right. And then I'll go find a piece of paperwork that proves that she's right. And I'm like, ah, it's so annoying. So annoying. (laughs) I, uh, my wife has a way better, uh, a more accurate memory than I do. Uh, it's, it's a burden that I have to bear. Uh, well, Tim, at least we married up, right? Um, it's not a bad thing that our wives are more awesome than we are. Hey, Ray, this is Larry with Follow Me and Die. You're talking about the front. Glad you enjoyed that. And the uh, topic of World War II games and scenarios. Another white box-based game is Operation White Box by Pete Spawn. It had a very active G-plus community for it. It got a little more detailed than the front, obviously. Uh, And there are lots of active supplements, and there have been some additions to the game for different theaters of war and so forth. So you might find that uh, interesting as well. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. Good episode. Talk to you later. Thanks, Larry. I will have a look at Operation White Box. I got crazy about that game the other day and uh, about the game I was writing. Still working on a name. My most recent one is Fire, Fire, Fire. That's uh, <laughs> that's my working title right now. Um, I have a bunch of art done for it. I have my layout chosen and my fonts and all that kind of stuff. I started writing, um, got most of the core system down on paper. And then I hit the wall that I always hit, which is... Um, how am I gonna, like, I don't really care about, I mean, I do care about historical accuracy a little bit because I know that some of my readers will care about that, about what kind of kit that, uh, various soldiers have and, um, you know, the ranks and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I find that, uh, the front has enough of that for me. I don't really, I could rest on that and just say, you know, this is a scenario for the front if I wanted to, or, um, some other game. But for me, the wall is, uh, two things. One, um, uh, you know, what, what do I want the dinosaurs to bring fictionally to the table? Like, how, are, how do they make this story exciting? And two, um, how do I get that those deep uh, person-to-person buddy moments that happen in war movies? How do, I, how do I build that without being super artificial and story gamey, if you will? Um, I don't want to force it too hard, but I want to make sure that there's room for those things and that the system nudges you in that direction somehow. Uh, but I think honestly, 
I'm going to shelve it for a while. I'm going to let it brew in the back of my head. Uh, maybe maybe I'll run into another game. I'm going to read a few, but maybe I'll run into another game that just gives me an idea or another experience that gives me an idea, and I'll bring it back out again. This is just one of those games that probably won't die till it's finished, but uh, is, I'm pretty comfortable putting on the shelf and letting it collect dust uh, for now. So, yeah. Yeah. Wish I had my ideas straight, but I just don't yet. Waiting on inspiration. Hey Ray, it's Rich from Cockatrice Nuggets. Man, that character folio idea is gold. I love it. Maybe even combining it with the um, the trifold magazine thing or trifold brochure. That's great. That even gave me another idea. Uh, trifold NPCs. So like one per section or whatever. Um, I think I'm stealing some of those ideas and going for it. Um, if you want to use them too, go for it. I love to uh, compare notes. Talk to you later. That's cool, Rich. I love how hearing other people's ideas gives you ideas of your own and uh, cool spin-off ideas. And, and to you, they feel derivative. But to me, you know, they, they feel wholly original. Like if, if you do something a different way than I would have done it, uh, it's your thing, not my thing. And I love that about ideas. I love that everybody can have their own ideas. And even though they're they're like malls around the same candle, um, everyone's distinct and different and interesting. So, cool. Glad you're inspired. Ray, it's Froth. Just want to say, good Lord. Man, you've got some lots of good ideas. I uh, enjoyed this last podcast. The Apple Dumpling Gang. That's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Also want to tell you, I love the idea of the retired adventurers going out for one last dungeon crawl. I would read that book. And I know immediately what character I would play in that game. I've got a NPC in the game I run for my daughter, Willie the Wizard. And he's like extremely old. And he's like losing his sense of hearing and everything. So she'll be like, Willie, get the book. She's like, uh, I, you know I don't know how to cook. You know, so real corny jokes like that. It would be really fun to play in a game. Anyway, great episode. Uh, tons of creativity. See ya. Yeah, the Apple Dumpling Gang. Uh, not the best of all movies. I don't know that I'd recommend it to anyone, but it was the first movie I saw that had that old guy's rule kind of theme to it. Um, actually, it kind of married old old guys and kids, didn't it? But lots of movies along that line uh, that I kind of want to emulate with the fiction here. It's it's um, kind of an homage to old D&D, but also a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek you know, send up of it. Uh, this idea that there's all these cast off adventurers from years of diving into the dungeons with bad knees and bad memories, you know, going back in once again. Uh, so yeah, you weren't the only one to call in about rescue sword. It's an idea that really appeals to people. And I hope that I can deliver at the level everyone's expecting. I'm certainly going to give it my best shot and man, go feed that cat. <laughs> that dude is hungry. Hi Ray, uh, Free For All here, um, uh, just uh, thinking about your scars idea, sounds really good, that whole coming out of retirement, grizzled hero, um, uh, also thinking about the trauma mechanic and how that sort of leads into the whole insanity spiral thing, um, I don't know if you're familiar with a game called uh, uh, Unknown Armies by Greg Stoltz, um, I think it's, uh, well, I'm not too familiar with it myself, but I know it handles things in maybe a slightly more sensitive manner and could be worth 
checking out. Hey, look at that, a new caller. Thanks for phoning in, Free For All. Uh, yes, Unknown Armies. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but it's definitely in the list of sources for Books and Bullets. So if you pull up that file and, and have a look at my little credits section, I, I say where I got different ideas. And I definitely got the fight, flight, or freeze idea from Unknown Armies. I think they just have fight or flight. And uh, they have what they call triggers in there. So Greg put this idea of um, things in the environment that would trigger emotional trauma in the characters or, or perhaps physical trauma. And one thing I really like about that game is it. there's no... Um, there's no easy violence, right? So you see someone's face get curb stomped and uh, that might trigger a check for you. You can't just let let brutal violence go by without taking some quote-unquote damage from it, you know, psychological damage or whatever. Um, you either become hardened and desensitized to it if you pass your roles or you become sensitive and uh, reactive to it if you miss your roles. And that's a pretty cool mechanic. I did not bring that part of it into, into Books and Bullets. But yeah, good catch, good catch. And it's good to hear from you. Call in some more. Hey, Ray, it's Greg Gelder. Just listened to the Projects episode and was thinking about Rusty Swords which I've been a big fan of since it popped up on your Patreon uh, a few months back. I was thinking about the Doomed playbook from Masks. It has an interesting uh, mechanic where you're click, uh, ticking off boxes uh, that give you more and more ability, but ultimately it leads to your end. It might be interesting in Dungeon World to uh, have that, instead of gaining experience because they're already seasoned adventurers, you're sort of driving towards your ultimate doom but gaining powers along the way until that very final moment. Also sort of uh, upends the whole old people can't do things thing, which I'm not a big fan of because my favorite memories from my grandparents are all of the awesome things they could do. So uh, just putting that out there. Love all the episodes. Talk to you later. Cool, Greg. Yes, I have super fond memories of my grandparents as well. They were awesome people. Uh, my grandma was the best. And one of these days I'll tell some stories on her because she was amazing. She lived to about 98. Uh, and, oh my gosh, I, I can't I can't start because I'll tell so many stories now. She, she was hilarious. I'll just tell one. I'll tell one. She, um, she was learning to drive. She had three boys and they all learned to drive before her, I think. Uh, but the second one was teaching her how to drive and they had a, a real heavy 50s, you know, automobile. I don't know what kind it was, but big car. And uh, they're clipping along. She's driving. And uh, she goes to take a right-hand turn. And she turns too soon and ends up in the ditch. And uh, so they switch places. And her son backs her out of the ditch. And they get going again. And my grandma's comment was, You know, I think if I'd have been going a little faster, I'd have made that turn. <laughs> and that's my... That's my <laughs> That's my grandma, man. She was she was gung ho for life. Uh, she taught me so many things. She was so cool, uh, just the best, just the best. Um, all right, uh, yeah, and I'll have a look at the mask. I don't know that one. I, I've heard of it, but I, I don't know the mechanic there. But you are catching the vibe that I'm going for. So it sounds like um, you're mechanically tuned in there. And if you say the mask, then I'm going to go have a look at it because maybe that's exactly what I need to see. Hey Ray, Colin, Spike Pit here. Rusty Swords, that's really captured my imagination. I'm I'm sure I've sort of spoken to you about it before, but listening to you talking about scars puts me in mind of a 
kind of quandary that I come into with my like 5e and D&D type games the um, the concept of lingering injuries kind of crops up every now and then uh, in the 5e DMG there's a table on there for rolling randomly determined lingering injuries and yeah, whilst it's okay it is a bit meh sort of well yeah could maybe be better so i'll be super interested to find out how you uh tackle it with rusty swords mate so good luck with that take care spike pit yeah i think aging rules in most rpgs are pretty lame for two reasons one they don't really expect your character to live long enough to hit old age and two uh it's just maybe uh an anathema to power fantasy so people want to be more powerful not less and there's this idea that you get less powerful as you age and of course you do you lose a step i'm getting older i'm 51 i've lost some energy i've lost some muscle i've lost some uh you know, some sharpness. Maybe I'm not quite quite as quick on the uptake as I used to be. I don't know. I feel like I'm still pretty pretty quick. But y- you do lose a step, but you also gain a lot too, right? You have so much more experiences uh, to draw on. Uh, you, you're wiser. You've seen it all. Um, you know your limits and where you can push them. I don't know. I just feel like older characters could be really, really interesting. And that's what I'm going for here. Um, to, to kind of push into a zone that not too many people have explored. I don't know how, if anybody, I don't, I can't think of any fantasy games out there that specifically address old age and, and lean into it like that. Not rule sets and not modules, but if I'm wrong, somebody call in and tell me because I would be surprised if I were uh, 100% right in that estimation. Hey, Ray, don't worry about the rambling. My podcast is ADD on purpose because I just ramble. Um, so that, that spaceship thing you were talking about, it sounds like a really fun game, but it's honestly, to me, sounds like a novel I want to read. Uh, so you can add that to the list of projects, maybe. Um, getting to the, the comic book thing, uh, the, the war game sounds fun. I haven't really, I'm not, that's one of the things I'm not super excited about just myself personally, but I was, I noticed this, uh, digital comics museum. I think that's what it's called. Uh, I'll look it up and send it to you. Um, and I noticed you posted it. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Uh, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff up there. It's all the old comic books and stuff. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get a mat here. Hold on. Sure, I'll pull a mat. Anyway, if you go, I'll send you the link, but I'm sure there's more of those comic books as well. And I just wanted to circle around and say, you're talking about comic books that you got when you were a kid, and now you want to run a game about it later in life. And I think this is the reason why... We all like to play these old school games because it, it gives us that feeling of nostalgia to a degree. And I think that's totally cool. Uh, anyway, I better get going. I got to finish washing the dish, dishes and cook some bacon. All right, cheers. Thanks for calling in, Shane. Hey, save me some bacon, would you? Mm, that sounds good. Bacon. Uh, yeah, I do believe that nostalgia is a big part of a lot of what drives us to game. There's good parts to that, and there's bad parts to that, but, you know, sometimes you just want to get in your jammies with a bowl of cereal and watch cartoons, right? Uh, I, one of the things I actually really enjoy about one of my own systems, uh, um, Sorcerers and Cell Swords, is that of all the fantasy games that I've played um, or designed, I think that's the best one at emulating uh, cartoons, you know, like 1980s, 1990s, 
fantasy cartoons like Thunder of the Barbarian or Pirates of Dark Water uh, because it's it's more freeform, it's more open ended, and allows you to have um, you know laser crossbows or uh, build a shape changing elf um, like there is in Black Star uh, without too much trouble and without breaking the game system or becoming you know overpowered. So. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with, uh, if something excited you as a kid, there was something to it. Uh, and we often lose that as an adult. And, uh, but, you know, that's part of fantasy and escapism and dreaming uh, is is that stuff, that, that gooey, um, juicy, imaginative ooze that we experienced when we were a kid that that we draw on right that there's that kind of a place inside of us that's a creative bubble that we can access and yeah I, i'm sure that that's part of what i'm responding to with those star spangled war comics because i honestly i tried to read some a while back and eh, it's a bit of a slog you know i still enjoy the drawings but the the stories just weren't there so um, for me in recreating the game, and, and I've talked about it earlier on this podcast, I think the reason it's shelved right now is because I don't want to just do that. If I'm going to do that, I'll just make a miniatures game to play it at uh, GaryCon, you know, with a bunch of plastic soldiers and giant plastic dinosaurs and uh, some die rolling and some good fun. That, that'd be great. That'd be fine. But that's not really what I'm going for. I'm trying to make a platoon story game with a fantastic element that... Um, both complements it and drives it into a super cool space. So, who knows? Who knows? Hey, look at that. A whole show of call-ins. And hardly anything from me. That was awesome. I do that all the time. <laughs> Let you guys do the work. I'll just sit back and comment. Uh, great stuff. I appreciate all your thoughts. I appreciate everyone who took the time to call in. I know that um, as I listen to podcasts, I often think about calling in, and I try to always follow up on that impulse, but I don't always because it's just not always convenient. So everybody that took the time, I really appreciate that. I, I uh, value your input. I'm Ray Otis signing off. This has been another Plundergrounds. The music at the top of the show is by the amazing Logan Howard of the Swordbreaker Zine and Podcast. We've had call-ins from all kinds of people who do podcasts of their own. If you don't know about Anchor, you should. Uh, my podcast is not sponsored in any way, but I'm going to give you a commercial for Anchor even so. Um, you can go to anchor.fm slash get started? I don't remember. Just go to anchor.fm. Uh, uh, it is the easiest way to do a podcast, no question. It handles all the distribution for you. Um, it handles packaging up your audio files. You can just record into your phone. I like to record a minute or two at a time. That way, if I screw up too badly, I can always go back and re-record you know, one segment rather than trying to to re-record a whole podcast. Um, it allows you to do stuff like we did today where we can call each other and form a podcasting community. And frankly, I think that's its killer application is that it's not just a way for you to create a podcast. It's a way for all of us together to create a podcast uh, forum, if you will, where we can talk about ideas and uh, become closer friends and uh, you know encourage each other. So cool stuff. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, um, all my links um, to various projects at www.rayotis.com. You may want to get involved with my Patreon. It's a buck a month, 
Uh, you don't have to join, certainly, but I appreciate everyone who does. I'm currently up to about $227 a month, which is fantastic. I mostly use that to buy art for my projects to make them better. And uh, I need to put up my spreadsheet. I, I do that on occasionally to show people that basically I don't make any money off the podcast, um, that I that I reinvest all of that money back into... Uh, sorry, not off the podcast, but off of my Plunderground zine. Um, but I reinvest all that money in, back into various projects. Uh, but your support makes that possible. And I am very close to one of my goals, which is if I get another 20 bucks or so, I'm going to start releasing everything I do under a Creative Commons uh, attribution, share alike, uh, like, uh, no, not share alike, Creative Commons attribution license, which means you can take it and do whatever you want with it, including the art that I put into it. Um, the art that I buy from other creators will still have copyrights on them unless I can uh, talk them into um, releasing those also under the Creative Commons. But everything I write and everything I draw in all of those projects would uh, start to become Creative Commons, which means you could make your own games off of them, you could share them, you could sell them, um, and as long as you say, hey, this is based on something Ray Otis made, you're, you're golden. So I would love to do that, and I'm almost there. So if you want to up your pledge from one to two bucks, or if you want to talk somebody else into joining, or if you've been sitting around thinking about supporting me and, uh, and uh, you know weren't, weren't sure whether you wanted to do that or not, now's the time to get in. I'll even sweeten the pot and say that if I get uh, even to 240 this month, I will start to release an old Plundergrounds every month for those who don't have them so that uh, people at the... Uh, I'm going to hold that out for the $2 tier. People at the $2 tier will get an older issue of Plundergrounds every month for free. Um, and uh, maybe some of my older games, too. I've got some games back there that I haven't released in a while. The Pyramid, Raishishima 3113, um, Unspeakable. Any other games? Um, Lego Road Wars, but I think that one's out on my on my blog. Uh, but yeah, I'll throw in some extra content too. So yeah, if you're interested, uh, it's not a hard sell job. I just, uh, I'm, I'm excited about this idea of releasing things under the creative commons, but I want to make sure that it's, um, that it's also worth my time. Let's put it that way. So yeah. Um, not much else to say except for look out for rust monsters. <laughs> <laughs>